when I'm communicating to people, especially if I have lower amounts of relationship, I need to be in a place of humility that's saying, hey, here's what I understand about this. Here's the perspective that I carry about this. Giving space for someone to have a disagreement or have a, a different perspective from you is, is critical because if we yes. don't give space for that, then we are kind of trying to pick fights or we are trying to create debates. I think we're supposed to build yes. a relationship where the, the more you build relationship, you can truly create a love that bears all things. Welcome to Kingdom Over Everything. I am your host and Chief Fire Igniter, Shea Bynes. And I have with me, I got to tell you, Aaron Tassaro. We met about a year ago now. And Aaron, I call friend now. And so I'm so glad to have Aaron with me today. And we are going to be having a conversation around having a kingdom lens in our communications as leaders. So Aaron, thanks for joining me today. Shay, so such an honor to be here. I know we've only met, you know, a year ago, like you said, feels like 20 years. Um, and we have Agreed. mutual friends who've known each other for 15, 20 years. So That's I right. think I can ride on their friendships. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. And we've had so many really good conversations on this very topic. Yes. In fact, what led to me inviting you to have this conversation is because we were in the middle of a conversation talking about, you know, corporations and how they can communicate with conviction, but also to be compassionate and grace-filled and all those things and stay on message. And in the midst of that conversation, you said to me, I seriously think that the hope of the world is pastors and podcasters. And I was like, what a one-liner. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's do it. I, I do believe that. Okay, so we're going to have to talk about that in, the, in here somewhere. Okay. But let's actually start here because you have gosh, I think well over a decade, maybe even close to 20 years of, of experience in communications, working with churches, nonprofits, you know, public relations with companies and all of it. So like lay out kind of your, your communications kind of career track and what you've been experiencing and just your heart for having a kingdom lens in communication. So let's kind of start there. Love it. Uh, well, I, I love people. And so that communicating and communications is about people. It's about building that bridge between a message that I have and truth that I want to deliver or a, a vision that I have and how people are receiving it. And so, you know, I've been doing communications for officially probably 13 years or so, but I grew up in a pastor's family. So we grew up running the church, you know, everything from the soundboard to the overhead transparencies, if people remember those from back in the day. Um, <laughs> the overheads. Yeah. <laughs> really smooth transitions, you know, yes. um, communicating there from cassette tape duplication to get the sermons out, you name it. I've done everything in the, in the church. Um, but I started to do website development back in my teen years, did that professionally for about seven or eight years. And I, I loved solving problems that freed up people's time, energy, and, and communicated clearly, but it was very much in the technical behind the scenes way. About okay. 14 years ago, I was on staff at a ministry school and I started to realize, like, we are distracting people from their purpose or their mission by just mis poor information being passed mm. out. You know, it was our methods. It was maybe inaccurate information getting sent out. And then people are confused. It's hard to get momentum and traction. So I just realized, like, I have a passion for clear communication. I have a passion for yes. truth. And then I have a passion for people understanding the message as much as possible. And you're not going to please everyone all the time. But as a communicator, 
we have the ability, we have skills and tools that we can develop that will allow us to articulate a message that's going to reach people, it's going to impact people, accelerate our organization, our faith, our business, whatever objective we're trying to achieve. That's what I love coming alongside helping people do. Nice. And so when when we met last year, you were still, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were working for a ministry as a director of communications, right? Yes. So director of communications was where I really, you know, cut my teeth, you know, international nonprofit, faith-based organization, a church, plus a whole lot more with about 10,000 people in the town I live in, which is Redding, California, but then a lot of people online. And I just, I love the, the variety of communications and channels, but then also the nuance of communicating our beliefs, articulating, you know, our heart, what we love as an organization, and then helping people understand things that maybe they don't understand. So that's everything from websites to media relations to internal communications and staff communications, and then also individual meetings with people that attended the church. Nice. Okay. So you've basically played in all the various forms of media and the various places in which you can do messaging, whether that's online, the various online platforms, offline and all you know, from social media to what videos are you communicating? If a picture is a thousand words, you know, what thousand words are you accidentally communicating because you have one picture in there that's wrong? There's just a lot of things to think through. I I look at my, my mind in this as a bit of a prism. Anytime there's an issue that comes up, I'm looking through you know, who are the people that are going to receive this? Um, who are the different demographics, age ranges, generations that are going to think through this? Like, can my grandma understand this? And can my little sister understand this? You know, I yes, kind of have yes. that spectrum. And then I also want to look at, you know, uh, the tools, the methods, the channels. And then for me, I'm a truth person. I grew up with a, a mama who loved to look at the etymology of the words and the root meanings of the words. And so- <laughs> So for me, truth is very important. So a message has to be anchored to truth in some way. Um, And we'll talk about this in a little bit. It's, it's harder and harder to, to anchor it to, or to declare it to truth. So how you say it is very important to help people bridge that gap from the modern language to the truth that I believe leads to human flourishing. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that. So, because you've worked with a a lot of different types of organizations, Mm -hmm. there's businesses that need to communicate messages and you're a business owner who's representing themselves, but also their business and the messages that they're looking to communicate. And, and businesses, businesses have a whole, they have a whole challenge in, in there because they're trying to live by their principles, you know, the right. values of the company. They're trying to achieve an objective. And then they're trying to keep motivated their internal staff, which is great. You want your employees and your team to be connected and cohesive, but then you've got your customers and your customers <laughs> right. all over the map. They might not like your core values or what's really been happening recently in culture is your customers are demanding core values you don't want to have. So how do you, with respect and grace, hold to your core values and convictions as a company and respectfully opt out of other people's core values that they're trying to force on you? And that takes a lot of grace. It takes a lot of prayer. Um, It takes some thoughtfulness in how we are saying things and how we are taking a stand. Because I I truly believe you can say most things, but how you say it is more important than even what you're trying to say. If you can say it with grace, I think you you can achieve a lot more than people think. That's really good. So what would be, because I'm curious about this, because I come from, you know, 
business background, but I'm curious, what are some like distinctive things that you, that you have to work with people differently based off of whether they're communicating and from a business perspective versus from the local church perspective, maybe versus a, you know, a nonprofit organization. Are there any key differences that matter that you need to bring up up front before we just kind of dig into this conversation? You know, some of the foundations are pretty similar, but the key okay. differences I would say is what other people are expecting from you. So from okay. a church, people are expecting a faith. They're expecting a divine guidance. They're expecting a, a, an anchoring to some form of belief and religion. So that's the church world has its own set of nuance, um, easier and harder in some sense, yeah. because there, there is that openness to, okay, they believe that, that's, that's, their, that's their prerogative. In the right. business world, you might have faith convictions, but that's not usually what, what your customers are looking for in the company. And I know there's, there's people, business owners of all different persuasions. So there's, I've got the Jesus fish on the back of my truck. I've got the Jesus <laughs> fish over my business door and totally fine to be an out, open, upfront Christian and faith person in the marketplace. Love people yes. that have that courage. So then people are expecting a faith uh, messaging from you in some level. But I would say the majority of business owners, even business owners of faith, are really just trying to offer a great product. They're trying to take care of their employees. They're trying to offer good value, you know, a good service or a good product for good value. And that's respectable. That contributes to the economy. It creates jobs. There is a holy calling on businesses for, for thriving and for life and for human flourishing. It gives purpose to people to have something to put our hands to. We all need to work yeah. and love to work. And so, you know, that is in and of itself a good mission. But I would say people aren't expecting a preach from a CEO. They aren't expecting right. a sermon coming out of your you know, public relations department. Um, they're yes. expecting, are you dedicated to your craft, what you're creating or offering? Are you dedicated to your employees? And are you serving your customers well? And so yeah. you know, I think the level of how upfront we are about the nuances of our faith and belief is, dif is different in that setting. Now for a nonprofit, you know, that's maybe in the service industry, let's say adoption, their mission right. is broad-based. People know that children need a home. People know that children need a loving place to live in. So that organization is messaging from that point. It, it again, could have a faith angle, but for the most part, it's a safe and loving home for children to live in. That's their core right. message. That's what they're going to drive on in their communications. Everything they do is going to tie back to that. Um, in yeah. the nonprofit space. So I would say some of there's just some of the nuance of the differences, yes. but a lot of what we'll talk about today is going to apply to all of these. Yes. Okay. So that's helpful. So, all right, let's talk about the culture that like what we're facing right now in 2024, where we're needing to navigate things maybe even differently now in 2024 versus when you started helping folks in communications years ago. What are some of the things that you're like, these are kind of the most prominent challenges of our time right now in communicating, you know, with truth and with love and with grace? Where do we start? Let's see. Well, it's, it's a, it's a, <laughs> Take a, your pick. I got time today. <laughs> well, one one area is just the, the existence of instant social media, the instant mm. platform where any person, no matter, you know, how experienced, educated, connected they are, can light up an issue and have a platform that reaches millions. So yes. just the fact that that exists is a whole nother playing field than 2000, 
two. Um, it's just right. a different game. So, um, so social media exists, which means there's a greater responsibility on what we are saying and doing, especially what we are putting out on social media yeah. because of the who's watching it and what can be struck up from that. And so, you know, back in the day, you could put out a message and only if someone read the newspaper or only if someone got the cassette tape or the CD or the download of that thing, um, would people hear it. Now, you have to assume everything you say is heard by everyone at any time. Um, your yeah. friends and your foes. In some yeah, that's right. And so thinking through that lens is, is much harder to taste. That's a, a huge challenge is how do I give a message that my friends and my foes um, maybe don't resonate with, but at least right. it, it makes some sense and isn't going to have unnecessary uh, igniting of not good fires, but bad fires. Right. <laughs> right, right. We, don't, we don't want good fires or we don't want bad yeah, fires. That's right. we, like, we like good fires. Exactly. I'm the chief fire guy. We like good fires. We like good fires. So the existence okay. of social media is one thing, but I would say the greater, um, the greatest challenge right now is the, the narrative world. So messaging and communication lives in the information layer of culture and society. The information layer of culture and society has progressively gotten more consolidated into these uh, kind of corporate conglomerates. So let's start with the mainstream news. It's kind of owned right. by a, a, a few or six corporations. They can kind of gatekeep what stories get covered, what information goes out, so that you, you don't always trust what you're seeing. You shouldn't always trust what you're seeing. I, I look at the news uh, and, and politics. It, it's kind of my soap opera. I'm like, okay, what's going <laughs> to happen today? But I'm also looking for the truth because there's always a grain of truth. There's always a seed of yeah. truth, um, but there's a lot of drama around it that is maybe untrue or unnecessary. Um, yes. So that's that's one side of things. But then you go into the education world, and I think everyone can agree, especially over the last decade or so, the education institutions have have lost a lot of trust in what they are teaching, the principles that they are abiding by. You know, it used to be you go to a university to have your mind opened to hear all forms of ideas, all different types right. of speech and thought. And that's less and less the case. Now there's right. a bit, an orthodox view on culture and a worldview that if you disagree with, you're going to get low scores. If you disagree with, you're going to get ridiculed by your, your peers or your professors. So the education world has lost a lot of trust. And if a professor says something, less people are saying, okay, I just automatically believe that. Um, so that's the, that world. Hollywood, um, you know, the, the messages coming out of Hollywood usually have certain themes. I would say they go against my biblical worldview. I think a lot of um, your our, your audience here would agree that, okay, the messages coming out don't fit my worldview. So worldviews right. in media and Hollywood. We're seeing even in the science and medicine world, there's just even after the whole COVID debacle and, and misinformation, different, different views on things, and just the the silencing of different opinions. That's a problem. Right. That, that's a problem. Yes. Um, and so I would say now that we have all of that layer, the hope for people finding and discovering truth are people that they can trust, who can guide them, who can take them on a journey, who can give context, who can you know kind of point out what they believe is true or untrue and give them hope. And I believe those people are pastors and podcasters. I was going to say, so this is where we get to that moment where you say, I believe that the hope of the world <laughs> is, and, is pastors and, and podcasts. Let me tell you why. Because yeah, these, these are the people that they offer content and messages and stories and storytelling for a long period of time. 
it's it's a long form conversation. Um, you know, whether it's a, a pastor giving a sermon or a podcaster recording an episode, you get to sit with them for 30 to 40, 30 to 60 minutes, or you know, some of these podcasts are six hours. I don't have time for that. But yes. On two times. Oh, yeah. Two, I mean, this long form is getting super long now. <laughs> <laughs> might be too long, but um, yeah. but they're they're taking people on a journey and they have the ability to build rapport. They have the ability yes. to build trust. Where the longer I listen to you, Shay, I get to know your heart. I get to know your perspective. I get to build a trust that what you're saying is sound. What you're saying, I can I can believe. There's truth connected to it. And so because of that power, I think there's a responsibility with people that have a platform that want to develop their platform. There's a responsibility to be that trustworthy source of guidance towards truth. And it's not an authority. Yes. It's not an arrogant, I know all things, uh, but it's, uh, hey, I'm on this journey. Here's what I've discovered. Hey, it's interesting that this happened over here and here's how I'm interpreting that. And here's where I've landed. You don't have to yeah. agree with me, but here's where I've landed. And yes. counterintuitively, people are going to be drawn to that and probably agree with that more than you should believe X. Because we're not, we're that not looking so that. True. That's I, I really love your 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 rationale for why you say pastors and podcasters because I was thinking about this from just kind of a kingdom lens like in, in the ability to tell truth. There's a lot of I mean we're right on the heels of a whole I don't know if you've been paying attention to the social media conversations which I do not want to rehash over the he gets us commercial words right. like the body of Christ having this massive conversation from a gazillion different angles you know on this mm -hmm. on this topic, but this this idea of of being a truth teller, but if you don't tell truth and if it's not rooted in love, then it's like, you're just like a clanging symbol, right? So you have that dynamic, mm -hmm. but then you also have this dynamic of like, you're wanting to stand in truth with a conviction, but if you don't have relational equity at all with the person, then how that's even received is, is that's a tougher, that's a tougher thing to, to navigate. So how do you like, how do you kind of put a kingdom lens for someone who's not a pot, who doesn't have a long form content ability to create that relational dynamic for someone who's not the pastor or, or they're not a teacher that has that long term relationship? How do we then take the lens of our king for how we communicate truth? What's your perspective on that? Um, let's see. Uh, several thoughts here. Um, if you don't have the relationship and rapport, I would question how much you're called to speak to that truth or to that person. Come on, Aaron. So I think the Lord is going to give us the wisdom on what to speak and when. I Come actually on. don't think we're supposed to run around just regurgitating truthful statements to everyone we walk, everyone we see. And, yes. and that's, that's my thoughts on the He Gets Us campaign. It's not meant to be a call to salvation. That's, that's right. purpose. If anyone can right. do a call to salvation in 30 seconds, I'm very impressed. And the Holy Spirit has anointed that in some special way. Um, so <laughs> the purpose was start a conversation that Jesus is kind and loving. Now talk to one of Jesus's followers about the rest. Talk to yes. someone you have a relationship with about what this really means. And I know there's there's a whole drama of what does foot, foot washing represent? Whose feet did Jesus wash? I get that there are some theological questions about that. But yes. at the very at the end of the day, it sparks a conversation. 
And it gives Christians around the world the opportunity to, to say, Jesus loves people no matter where they are in their lives. Yes. Through relationship, he calls us to a better life for our sakes and for, for the world's sake. Um, yes. He doesn't, you know, the, the woman caught in adultery is one of my favorite stories there where the accusers are all attacking her. And Jesus' first thing wasn't this woman committed sin and she needs to repent. That wasn't his first yes. message. So the example of Jesus was, hey, you, you who haven't sinned, cast the first stone. Sent the, he, he protected the person from the accusation yeah. of yes. the believers and the religious people of the time. So there's a, there's a protection of pushing away the voices. Then there was a relationship. There was a personal conversation, a moment where she could belong. The final step was go and sin no more. After I've, 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 blocked, I've protected you from the accusers who should know better, who should know how to do truth and love. And then I've had a conversation with you. So you know me and you trust my heart. Now I'm going to give you yeah. instruction. Now I'm going to give yeah. you the, the straight truth of this is sin and you need to change. Um, yeah. it's, it, you can't do that all in one moment. You can't do that all in 30 seconds. And so I, I appreciate these campaigns that are you know making Jesus one of the top searched phrases on the internet. When I heard that. It. Like, yeah, it's bringing the conversation up. And I think that's the goal of the organizers. It's not to get everyone saved. It's bring the conversation up, help people see that Jesus is not judgmental. Um, yeah. He has standards and truth, but it's a relationship. And who are we to judge uh, the timing of the Lord addressing a certain issue in their life? Uh, we yes. all have sinned. We all struggle with different things. And the Lord is so kind and gracious. He guides us at different seasons of our life to address certain things. It might not That's be right. the time that he's addressing a certain sin or lifestyle in that person's life. He might be in a moment of, I'm sending away the, ac the accusations and come have a relationship with me. Let's start Good. there. And in that foundation of relationship, you can handle this truth to change your life. And yes. so bringing this, zooming back up to messaging, if, if you don't invest in a relationship and a rapport, can someone actually handle that truth that you're trying to deliver with a good heart, with a good intent? You know, it's, it's speaking truth. Um, you know, it always feels good, but uh, this sounds harsh, but Satan spoke truth in the desert to Jesus. <laughs> he spoke accurate words. He spoke, he, he spoke some up, facts. Straight right. scripture to Jesus. Yeah. But it yes. was wrong. Yeah. It was done yeah. in the wrong spirit. It was done for manipulation. It was done for control. It was done for a self-serving nature to get Jesus to worship him. Yeah. So when we are delivering truth, who are we doing it for? Are That's we doing good. it because we are afraid that people are going to call us compromised or soft or weak? Are we doing it because we want to control someone else and their outcome? Um, or we genuinely want to see someone's life improved, but we haven't heard the voice of the Lord for that moment. And maybe it, yeah. it came out harsher than it was called to because in scripture, there's so many places where it says mercy and truth. There's grace and truth come together. And usually truth is preceded by mercy. Yeah. And I think it's in that order for a reason. That's so good. That's so good. So then when you think about, think about the various ways, because you brought up social media and how mm -hmm. that's actually one of the challenges. So I'm kind of piecing together some of the things we're talking about. So you're talking about social media creates this challenge, right? Which it does. Mm -hmm. And then we have this 
if you're hanging out on social media with, you know, everyone has their, whatever their social media influence is with people that they know, people that they don't know. So there's a level of perhaps relational equity for those who do know you that have been connected with you for a long period of time. But then there's a bunch of people, if you're public, where it's just like, you have no idea. And then the friends are those friends and it's public and all of those things. So you also have all these folks that aren't. I love that you said that we're not like, you can be a truth. You can you can be a truth teller, but if you're not led by the Holy Spirit in terms of having that wisdom on where and how to speak truth, then just being a truth, just being out here being a truth teller is not an effective, effective methodology. So even in our just our regular day to day, I know with me, I don't know, you're not even on Facebook, Aaron. <laughs> At least I don't, not that I can tell. I, I, once I start to have kids, I'm like, mm. Like, uh, I don't know I'm, how much I want my kids' lives for the whole world to yes. be archived forever on some server. Yes. No, I get it. But like for me in my Facebook world, so communication is one of my top things. And I, so I'm a very intentional communicator. And so there's always times where it's just like, like before I'm pressing post on a thing, there's a check like, okay, I'm checking in. Am I speaking about this or am I not? When I'm seeing a bunch of stuff happening in my newsfeed around a topic, I don't feel, oh, I have to, I don't feel like I have to speak on it because I have to represent, again, your heart motivation. Like if I don't speak on this, will people be judging me because I didn't speak up on it? I'm like, is this for me to speak on? Mm -hmm. Yes or no. <laughs> if I'm not supposed to speak on it, I'm going to stay in my lane. Bless you guys. And I'm not even going to talk about it, right? I, even at that level with our social media profiles, not even just the full on, you think about the organizational official communications, but even in these unofficial, all these little unofficial moments that can become official real quick mm -hmm. because they're public. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd, I'd say that a lot of it comes down to humility. If our heart posture is humility, then we're going to be able to speak that truth in a way that is not hitting someone over the head is not, yes. um, you know, declaring the absolute truth that can never be questioned. I don't, <laughs> I don't love when people come out with a, a super dogmatic, no wiggle room for nuance statement. I think statements yeah. spark a lot of debates and I'm not yeah. saying there's never a time for just a straight up statement of it is what it is. I think the biological reality that there are male and female is a statement that holds up to medical or scientific scrutiny. It holds up to biblical scrutiny. I think that is truth. And then there's a lot of narratives and things on top of that. So that's one example. But for the most part, when I'm communicating to people, especially if I have lower amounts of relationship, I need to be in a place of humility that's saying, hey, here's what I understand about this. Here's the perspective that I carry about this. Um, yeah. Giving space for someone to have a disagreement or have a, a different perspective from you is is critical because if we yes. don't give space for that, then we are kind of trying to pick fights or we are trying to create debates. And I yes. don't know if that's what we're supposed to do. I think we're supposed to build yes. a relationship where the, the more you build relationship, you can truly create a love that bears all things and that that bearing all things can be heavy truth. It can be confrontation yes. on lifestyle. It can be, you know, a brother and a sister or, you know, iron sharpening iron in, in friendship and in family and relationship and co-working relationships. If I just met someone or I've walked by a stranger on the sidewalk and I just start judging their life or judging <laughs> the wrong word, but giving, giving my perspective on truth or truth right. to their situation without them asking or knowing who I am, yes. it's not going to go very well. And I think that's more of what social media is these days. You're kind of talking yes. to the strangers, the bystanders, the drive-by people. 
Um, and so if we are going to address that, that crowd, we have to come at it with a platform of humility and we have to give space for people to disagree. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, so we've been talking about this kind of from a, a personal individual's lens. Let's go back to organizational for a yes. second, because there's some legitimate things that, you know, when you're an organ, when you're a leader in an organization, there might be questions that are posed to you, you know, from the media or, or even customers who are, who are just like publicly trying to demand that you give a perspective about something, or they're mad because you didn't give a perspective about something or whatever. How do you, from you saying that you're bringing this kingdom perspective to people, believers, and maybe not, you know, I don't know who, the, all your clients, but what type of guidance are you giving them on how to navigate, you know, areas where to, I guess, to make a decision around how to decide whether to speak on the thing or not. And then some of the keys for how they approach this. Cause now we're talking like the official communication. Yeah. Putting out a public statement on something. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's different. It, it totally is. So I was, the first thing that I ask is you have to know what your core perspective is your core, your truth, your core value. Do you want to engage on this thing? Is this a, is this a critical part of your, your business, your company? So first start there. What do you truly believe? Once you know what you believe, now you can decide who needs to know this. Sometimes it's really just the employees that need to know your convictions and be, be clear and upfront about that because they are your team. And if they really disagree with your foundations, they probably need to find another team. Um, it's not going to help them or you to have someone who isn't aligned on some very core beliefs and principles in a company. So that would be kind of a, one step of internal. The, the external side, when you get, you know, let's say one person from one state that you don't even do business in uh, lights up Twitter <laughs> with something that you've done, and now it's getting traction, it's getting momentum. I've been in, in lots of places where the leadership says, um, that's okay, we know we haven't done anything wrong, so we just don't want to participate in that. We, you know, the Lord will cover us, the Lord will protect us. That, that is one perspective. I think there are certain situations where that might be real. However, the way that I see it is if something is gaining traction and momentum and hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of people are now hearing this person's message or narrative or accusation, I think it's actually respectful and honorable to address that misconception or to address that point. Now, how we go about it is, is that's where the rubber meets the road is when you're going to come out and say something, how do you do that? So I would say, looking at it, people will respect a firm and, and principled approach, again, as long as it's delivered with respect. And I think the temptation that people have is to defend themselves. If yes. you defend themselves, if you, if you go in with a perspective of I'm defending myself, you're already losing. Because being defensive is not, people see through that right away. Um, it's a self-protection mechanism. I don't look at it as protecting myself. I look at it as how do we help those who are watching this play out understand our heart? This how do great. I serve the people who are watching this flurry of chaos? How do I serve them by giving them the truth and giving them something that can give them peace, but also will help them defend. It's better to be defended from the outside 
than trying to defend right. it from the from you know your own pulpit or your own yes. uh, platform. And so that's that's my strategy is when we're engaging in something, we're not always doing it for that person who's attacking or calling out something. We're doing it for those who are witnessing the situation. And yes. so I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to be compassionate. I'm going to be thoughtful, but I'm also going to be firm. And this is our principles, or this is what we believe, or you know, here's why, or we'd love to have a further conversation about this. Please email or call this number so that we can have a conversation. That shows that you're responsive. You're taking it to an appropriate channel. Maybe you don't want to hash that out on Twitter. Maybe you don't want to right. hash that out with millions of eyeballs watching. It's a more nuanced conversation. Invite yes. that person to the nuanced conversation in private. Work that out and then decide if there needs to be a next step. That shows the world that you're not afraid of this. Um, you have thoughts. You, you, you're engaging with this. You're not you know, shying away from that. Um, but also you're not just defending and, and reacting your yes. a thoughtful response. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so since it's 2024 and also an election year in the United States and you think politics is a soap opera, we totally have to dig into this. <laughs> we have to it's, dig it's, into it's, this because- the, the, To clarify, it's the, the news politics cycle. That's where I see- Is the soap the, opera. Politics is very important because I believe politics yes. is the recipe for culture. And I yes. want to be contributing the ingredients to the recipe or to the yes. chefs who are putting those, those ingredients together. So if, yes. if a chef is a politician, the policies that they're outlining and putting forward are the ingredients. Yes. I, I appreciate that clarity in the communication. Okay. <laughs> so here we are in an election season, which can also heighten us individually as uh, kingdom citizens and kingdom ambassadors to just kind of a, even a political lens because there's going to be just, there's so much activity swirling around, mm -hmm. right? So that can, and some of this like could be things that you have legitimate concerns about. Like you have legitimate concerns of how that impacts culture, how that impacts family, how that impacts your business and all of those things, right? So I'm not talking necessarily to the politicians right now, but to the everyday believer who does engage politically and communicating from a business perspective or their personal perspective or their mm -hmm. organizational perspective and all of those things. What what do you think is important to know that maybe we haven't talked about yet with this kind of political engagement and lens? What would you, what would you say? Anything nuanced or different on this one? Yes, I have so much passion for this as well. I would say that the overarching starting point is we don't fight people. We battle ideas. Yes. We have to drop this, I'm against this person because they're a Republican or because they're a Democrat. Um, we have to drop the labels. We have to drop the, I'm fighting these evil people. That is the wrong starting point. It doesn't work anywhere um, yes. in, the, in this political conversation. I, what I try to do is help people realize we need to have better conversations as we get into this. I have strong con convictions about political things and policies and the direction of our nation, the direction of our state, you know, how it affects our children, strong opinions there. When I talk to people who have the opposite opinion, usually I want to understand why, because sometimes in my mind, it makes no logical sense, these different viewpoints. And so I want right. to say, how did you get there? Or tell me more about that. Or, you know, I want to seek to understand first. If I just start off with, 
you're dumb or that's dumb, no one's going to respect that. That's no evil. That's demonic. You know, that's how we like to that, do it. <laughs> you're just demonically inspired. Okay. I should change my mind now. Has, has that worked? Here, I'll give an example. I've been married 10 years. And if my wife and I, we don't always see eye to eye. Surprise. Really? <laughs> um, so we don't, we don't always see eye to eye. If I want to kind of help her see my perspective or try to win her over to my point of view, getting louder at her, getting more angry at her, calling her labels, uh, making jokes at her expense, sharing memes online about the derogatory towards her hasn't worked. It hasn't, it doesn't sway her towards my point of view. Yes. Yet that is the, that is the method that most people who are passionate about politics will employ to change the minds of complete strangers. And if my wife who's committed her life to me and loved me and dedicated, you know, we're, we're in this in covenant together, if that doesn't even work yeah. in covenant, how's it going to work in stranger world in you know, the acquaintance space? So yes. I think we have a whole um, disconnect in the strategy of, of inviting people to view things from a different point of view, inviting people into a discussion around worldview and what truly leads to human flourishing. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people, I, I believe that all people, can I say all people are good? All people are created in God's image. And so I do think people are good in general. The ideas, uh, the, the narratives that are out there, there's a lot of deception out there that creates really bad environments and really bad thinking but it's the person we can love. And so let's yeah. love the person. Let's seek to understand how they drew the conclusions that they drew. And then here's the part that I think is we all need to learn to do better. And this is the taking them on that, that journey towards truth, being the guide yes. that isn't heavy handed. It's not, you know, pushing towards something. It is inviting towards something. And yeah, I, I believe that every conversation, to me. <laughs> every, every, every conversation that I'm in, I'm hoping I'm planting a few seeds of truth that can grow and, and refine. I'm hoping that I'm planting, you know, a couple pills of doubt where someone's yes. like, Oh, like, that's an interesting, I wonder where that's working in the world. Or I wonder, yes. you know, wh where, what is the outcome of that? Or what about this angle of that? It's a question that's going to unlock a little bit of thinking. I think questions yes. unlock our minds and they unlock yes. thinking, but it's stories that transform hearts. And yes. so we need to be telling stories of you know people that we've heard about, people that are affected by these policies. We need to ask questions about these political things. You know, when people just talk about a politician or a candidate from their about their personalities, I'm like, okay, so beyond the personality layer, like there's a lot of really terrible people leading companies and Honestly, there's a lot of people with poor character leading churches too. Like, let's, let's just be honest there. Um, not everyone, just some. But yes. we, can, we can value what they're achieving. We can value and honor the space that they're in and how they're making decisions. So on a political level with our candidates that are you know, up for election, I want to see what policies will they implement, regardless of if I want them to be a babysitter for my kids or the pastor <laughs> of my church. Like, there's no politicians I've met that I want those to be. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's really good. I mean, you're going back to this whole thing around having conversations. So a friend of mine, Matt, Matt Tommy, uh, he used this phrase. I'm like, I think you just made, I think you just made up this phrase. He said, religious transactionism. <laughs> and he oh. was talking about how we as believers often have we're too focused on a transaction mm -hmm. or, or trying to have a quick 
you know, conversion in this case, whether, whether it's a conversion to be a believer or whether it's conversion to accept a, a truth as you, as you see it and understand it, or like, we don't have patience for the process to be a seed planter, to allow, you know, God to continue a conversation, to allow others, to God use others to continue a conversation. And we tend to put this unusual burden on ourselves to be like, I'm the, I'm going to be the one with this, with this one conversation that leads somebody to coming to my side or, or truth as I see it and understand it. Or, or if it's, if we're talking about, you know, coming into faith for someone to say, yes, Jesus will be my Lord and savior. Right. What are, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, this is stuff that my husband and I geek out about all the time. Oh, I'm, I'm to- totally with you there. Um, I, I think there's, it's, it's the, it's the goal. It's what's our goal of this conversation, you know, is right. it to convert? Is it to whatever, um, in the political realm, usually people have their political ideas formed over 15, 20, 40 years. Like you're not going to change it in one conversation. <laughs> Don't even try. Don't, if you do, right. you're, you're going to look pretty crazy or you're going to yes. push that person away and they're not going to want conversation number two. So my goal in a conversation is to build enough relationship with some seeds of truth that I can have another, another conversation with the person and yes. grow that. And it might not even be me. You know, there's, it might be, I'm a, a step along the way. I think evangelism is a good analogy here. If you, if you evangelize with the perspective that I must get this person saved right now, you're going to come in so heavy handed, probably not going to be very productive. I actually don't think that's what Jesus, um, he has free will. He gives people choice. He gives people time and yes. space um, to come to yes. their conclusions. I think yeah. in evangelism, if we start with the heavy truth right off the bat, if we, you know, are walking around offering communion to people who don't know what this is, that's yes. that doesn't make sense. Um, in yes. the political world, I think we do a similar thing. We're diving into really deep policy level things that don't quite make sense, or um, just going very strong. And expecting someone who's spent 20, 30 years forming their opinions on a different side to jump right in and be changed. And so I, I do yeah. think it's a, it, it requires an immense amount of patience. And I yeah. think it's a team, it's a team uh, opportunity. I don't think it's on one person. I think we all get to plant seeds. And then who knows who's going to run into them and who's going to be someone who shows kindness and love. Because remember, we're starting yeah. with love. And yes. through that relationship, that kindness, that love, truth is heard. And truth is yes. is transforming to that person, and so yes. I think um, even he gets us campaign. It's there again. The goal is not all truth in thirty seconds. The entire <laughs> gospel picture with all nuance of theology. It is impossible. Yes. Um, but can yes. we start somewhere? Can we start with God is loving, and now yes. work out the details? Yeah. Um, can he, we start he, with his kindness? He's yeah. kind. Doesn't mean he. And here's here's another thing. The cultural lie that if to love someone means you affirm everything that they believe in their lives right. is just yes. ridiculous. It, love does not equal agreement. That's, that's yes. not what it is. I can love and disagree at the same time. So because that narrative and that lie, I would say, in culture is so prevalent, many people are interpreting that ad through that lens. That yes. just because you can show love to someone you fully disagree with or who's doing sinful things, that now you're... Um, you're making a statement that it's okay. And I don't, I didn't see that as a statement that it's okay. I took it as a statement of you're a human. I can show you love and humanity and kindness in the midst of our disagreements. 
Yes. That's so good. I love, I love this. I love this conversation. I love that we got to talk about, I love that you, you have communication. So we got to explore it from so many different perspectives, which I really, really appreciate. Okay. So before I let you go, I want you to shout out, uh, you know, for those, let people know kind of the, the work that you're doing. And so if they want to connect, let them know where to connect, how to connect and all of that goodness. Awesome. Well, we, we, I just said, I don't really do social media, so good luck finding me there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, communication is such a critical thing that everyone is doing, whether you like it or not. Like your silence is communicating something. So choosing what to be silent about on purpose, um, choosing what to engage with on purpose, and then how we engage. I'm so passionate about people standing up for their principles, standing up for truth, and bringing people into that. And so, you know, I've been really wrestling through this for the last few years, and and it seems like common sense. A lot of this seems like like how to build rapport and, and communicate well. But the more people I talk to, they really need some practical, okay, here's how you put that into work. Here's how you put that into right. play. Here's how you interact with the press. Here's how you get your message and, and truth out so that people can hear it. And so I'm working on developing more resources, guides, trainings, um, just helping people come alongside them, whether they're for-profit, non-profit, faith, non-faith. But if they have principles that they want to stand by in this post-truth world where it just it feels like everything is every decision is made on emotion or on you know feelings not anchored in reality like communicating truth in a world that doesn't really value truth is a whole different ball game and yeah. i'm not saying I've, I've cracked the code on every bit of it but i think there's a lot of keys and i've got a lot of battle wounds from doing it the, <laughs> the wrong way where I can help guide people through maybe some pitfalls, avoid some of those yes. and maximize that. So I'm working on developing resources if people want to check that out. Um, resource, there's a right now just an email list um, at atosaro.com and people can just add their email there. And as soon as I have resources that are coming out, people will be the first to find those out because my heart is really to help equip people in, yeah. in communicating well and to delivering truth in this world. Yes. I'm so glad that you're doing this. I'm excited about all that's to come. And I appreciate you hanging out with me today, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me, Shay. This has been a ton of fun. Thank you for being a truth teller. Thank you for being a, a fiery communicator, but you always have that respect and that grace. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to come talk with you today is you live this out well. And I appreciate we need more people like you who are on the airwaves, on in different channels, communicating truth and guiding people along so they can live a, a more flourishing life no matter where they are, in business, in life, in church, um, as they lead in this culture.